Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. It's September 6, 2019. Today's a Friday. It's a beautiful day today. We're going to continue reading from R.L. Stein's Night of the Living Dummy, Part 1. Last time we left off reading the story that the sister, Chris, just did her audition on stage and Mr. Wood started spewing all kinds of rotten like slime all over the music instructor for the con- the concert at the night at the school. And so everybody's upset with Chris. She's grounded and her father is about to um, return back Mr. Wood because she's sh- she's not allowed to have the dummy for making everybody upset. And Chris was about to go to sleep at night and as soon as she went to sleep to close her eyes, she heard Mr. Wood come out of the closet, but she didn't know who it was. But when she went down the hall and touched the shoulder shoulder of the person, it was Mr. Wood. And his eyes were glowing and his mouth was looking right at her. So we're going to continue from chapter 19. Mr. Wood blinked, then hissed at her. An ugly sound, a menacing sound. In the darkness of the stairwell, his painted grin became a threatening leer. Ooh. In fright, in her fright, Chris squeezed the dummy's shoulder, wrapping her finger, her fingers around the harsh fabric of his shirt. This is impossible, she whispered. He blinked again. He giggled. <laughs> his mouth opened, making his grin grow wider. He tried to tug out of Chris's grasp, but she hung on without even realizing she was holding him. But you're a dummy, she squealed. He giggled again. <laughs> so are you, he replied, his voice in a deep growl like an angry snarl of a large dog. You can't walk, Chris cried, her voice trembling. The dummy, the dummy giggled. <laughs> his ugly giggle again. You can't be alive, Chris exclaimed. Let go of me now, the dummy growled. Chris held on, tightening her grip. I'm dreaming, Chris told herself aloud. I have to be dreaming. I'm not a dream, I'm a nightmare, the dummy exclaimed and tossed back his wooden head laughing. Still gripping the shoulder of the shirt, Chris stared through the darkness at the grinning face. The air seemed to grow heavy and hot. She felt as if she couldn't breathe, as if she were suffocating. What was that sound? It took her a while to recognize the strained grasp of her own breathing. Let go of me, the dummy repeated, or I'll throw you down the stairs, he tried once again. To tug out of her grasp. No, Chris insisted, holding on tight. I, I'm putting you back in the closet. The dummy laughed. <laughs> then pushed his painted face close to Chris's face. You can't keep me there. I'm locking you in. I'm locking you in a box. In something, Chris declared, panicking, panic clouding her thoughts. The darkness seemed to descend over her, choking her, weighing her down. Let go of me, the dummy pulled hard. Chris reached out of her other hand and grabbed him around the waist. Let go of me, he snarled his raspy, deep rumble, grumble of a voice. I'm in charge now. You listen to me. This is my house now. He pulled hard. Chris encircled her, his waist. They both fell on, onto the stairs, rolling down a few steps. Let go, the dummy ordered. He rolled on top of her, his wild eyes glaring into hers. She pushed him off, tried to pin his arms behind his back. He was surprisingly strong. He pulled back one arm, then shoved his fist into the pit of her stomach. Oh, 
Chris groaned, feeling the breath knocked out of her. The dummy took advantage of her momentary weakness and pulled free. Grasping the banister with one hand, he tried to pull himself past her and down the stairs, but Chris shot out a foot and tripped him. He struggled, still struggling to breathe. She pounced onto his back. Then she pulled him away from the banister and pushed him down hard onto the step. Oh, Chris grasped loudly as the overhead hall light flashed on. She closed her eyes against the sudden harsh intrusion. The dummy struggled to pull out from under her, but she pushed down on his back with all her weight. Chris, what on earth? Lindsay's startling voice called down from the top step. It's Mr. Wood, Chris managed to cry up to her. He's alive. She pushed down hard, sprawled over the dummy, keeping him pinned beneath her. Chris, what are you doing? Lindsay demanded. Are you okay? No, Chris exclaimed. I'm not okay. Please, Lindsay, go get mom and dad. Mr. Wood's alive. It's just a dummy, Chris called down, taking a few reluctant steps towards her sister. Get up, Chris. Have you lost your mind? Listen to me, Chris shrieked at the top of her lungs. Get mom and dad before he escapes. But Lindsay didn't move. She stared down at her sister, her long hair falling in tangles about her face, her features twisted in horror. Get up, Chris, she urged. Please get up. Let's go back to bed. I'm telling you, he's alive. Chris desperately. Chris cried desperately. You've got to believe me, Lindsay. You've got to. The dummy lay lifelessly beneath her, his face buried in the carpet, his arms and legs sprawled out to the sides. You had a nightmare, Lindsay assisted, climbing down step by step, holding her long night skirt up above her ankles until she was standing right above Chris. Come back to bed. Chris, it was just a nightmare. The horrible the horrible thing that happened at the concert, it gave you a nightmare. That's all. Gasping for breath, Chris lifted herself up and twisted her head to face her sister, grabbing the banister with one hand. She raised herself a little. The instant she lightened up on him, the dummy grabbed the edge of the stairs with both hands and pulled himself out from under her. Half falling, half crawled, he scrambled down the rest of the stairs. No, no, I don't believe it, Lindsay shrieked. Seeing the dummy move, go get mom and dad, Chris said. Hurry. Her mouth wide open in shocked disbelief. Lindsay turned and headed back up the stairs, screaming for her parents. Chris dived off the step, thrusting her arms in front of her. She tackled Mr. Wood from behind, wrapping her arms around his waist. His head hit the carpet hard as they both crumbled to the floor. He uttered a low, throaty cry of pain. Ugh! His eyes closed. He didn't move. Dazed, her chest heaving. Her chest dazed, her chest heaving, her entire body trembling. Chris slowly climbed to her feet. She quickly pressed her foot on the dummy's back to hold him in place. Mom and Dad, where are you? She cried aloud. Hurry. The dummy raised its head. He let out an angry growl and started to thrash his arms and legs wildly. Chris pressed her foot hard against his back. Let go, he cried. He growled viciously. Chris heard voices upstairs. Mom, Dad, down here. She called up to them. Both of her parents appeared at the steps, landing, their faces filled with worry. Look, Chris cried, frantically pointing down to the dummy beneath her foot. Look at what, Mr. Powell cried, adjusting his pajama top. Chris pointed down to the dummy under her foot. He's trying to get away, she stammered, but Mr. Wood lay lifelessly on his stomach. Is this supposed to be a joke? Mrs. Powell demanded angrily, hands at the waist of her cotton nightgown. 
I don't get it, Mr. Powell said, shaking his head. Mr. Wood, he ran down the stairs, Chris said frantically. He's been doing everything. He... This isn't funny, Mrs. Powell said wearily, ran, running her hand back through her blonde hair. It isn't funny at all, Chris, waking up everyone in the middle of the night. I really think you've lost your mind. I'm very worried about you, Mr. Powell added. I mean, after what happened at school tonight? Listen to me, she Chris streaked. She bent down and pulled up Mr. Wood in, in, up from the floor, holding him by the shoulders. She shook him hard. He moves. He runs. He talks. He He's alive. She stopped shaking the dummy and let go. He slumped lifelessly to the floor, falling in an unmoving heap at her feet. I think maybe you need to see a doctor, Mr. Powell said, his face tightening with concern. No, I saw him too, Lindsay said, coming to Chris's aid. Chris is right. The dummy did move. But then she added, I mean, I think it moved. You're a big help, Lindsay, Chris thought, suddenly feeling weak, drained. Is this just another stupid prank, Mrs. Powell asked angrily. After what happened at school tonight, I think this, that would be enough. But mom, Chris started, staring down at the lifeless heap at her feet. Back to bed, Mrs. Powell ordered. There's no school tomorrow. We have plenty of time to discuss punishments for you too. Me, Lindsay cried out rage. What did I do? Mom, we're telling the truth, Chris insisted. I still don't get the joke, Mr. Powell said, shaking his head. He turned to his wife. We were supposed to believe her or something? Get to bed, both of you now, their mother snapped. She and the father disappeared from the upstairs landing, heading angrily back down the hall to their room. Lindsay remained on one hand uh, on the top of the banister, staring down regretfully at Chris. You believe me, don't you? Chris called up to her. Yeah, I guess, Lindsay replied doubtfully, lowering her eyes to the dummy at Chris's feet. Chris looked down too. She saw Mr. Wood blink. He started to straighten up. Whoa! She uttered an alarm cry and grabbed him by the neck. Lindsay, hurry! She called. He's moving again. What, what should I do? Lindsay stammered making her way hesitatingly down the stairs. I don't know, she replied as a dummy thrashed his arms, legs against the carpet, trying desperately to free himself from her two-handed grip on his neck. We've got to. There's nothing you can do. Mr. Woods, there's nothing you can do, Mr. Woods snarled. You will be my slaves now. I'm alive once again. Alive! But how, Chris demanded, staring at him in disbelief. I mean, you're a dummy. How, the dummy snickered. You brought me back to life. He told her with his raspy voice, You read the ancient words. The ancient words? What was he talking about? And then Chris remembered. She had read the strange sounding words from the sheet of paper in the dummy's shirt pocket. I'm back, thanks to you, the dummy growled. And now you and your sister will serve me. As she st stared in horror at the grinning dummy, an idea popped into Chris's mind. The paper, he had... she had tucked it back into his pocket. If I read the words again, Chris thought, it will put him back to sleep. She reached out and grabbed him. She tried to jerk. She, he tried to jerk away, but she was too quick. The folded sheet of yellow paper was in her hand. Give me that, he cried. He swiped at it, but Chris swung it out of his reach. She unfolded it quickly, and before the dummy could grab the paper out of her hand, she read the strange words uh, words aloud. Kuramari, Odana Loma, Molonu Kurano. Both sisters, 
stared at the dummy, waiting for him to collapse. But he gripped the banister and tossed his head back in a muse. Scornful laugh. Those are the words of the ancient sorcerer to bring me to life, he proclaimed. Those aren't the words to kill me. Kill him? Yes, Chris thought frantically. She tossed down the yellow paper disgustedly. We have no choice. We have to kill him, Lindsay. Huh? Her sister's face filled with surprise. Chris grabbed the dummy by the shoulders and held on tightly. I'll hold him. You pull his head off. His head off. Lindsay was beside her now. She had to duck away from Mr. Wood's thrashing feet. I'll hold him still, Chris repeated. Grab his head. Pull it off. You, you, you sure? Lindsay hesitated. Her feet, her features tight with fear. Just do it, Chris screamed. She let her hand slide down around Mr. Wood's waist. Lindsay grabbed his head in both hands. Let go of me, the dummy rasped. Pull, Chris cried to her, ter her sister, terrified, holding dummy tightly around the waist. She leaned back, pulling him away from her sister. Lindsay's hand were wrapped tightly around the dummy's head. With a loud groan, she pulled hard. Ugh, ugh, the head didn't come off. Mr. Wood uttered a high-pitched giggle. Stop, you're tickling me, he rasped. Pull harder, Chris ordered her sister. Lindsay's face was bright red. She tightened her grip on the head and pulled again. Uh, uh, tugging with all her strength, uh, the dummy giggled and shrill, un an unpleasant giggle. It won't come off, Lindsay said, sighing in defeat. Twist it off, Chris suggested frantically. The dummy thrashed out with his feet, kicking Chris in the stomach, but she held on. Twist the head off, she cried. Lindsay tried to turn the head. The dummy giggled. <laughs> It won't twist, Lindsay cried in frustration. She let go of the head and took a step back. Mr. Wood raised his head, stared up at Lindsay and grinned. You can't kill me. I have powers. What do we do, Lindsay cried, raising her eyes to Chris. This is my house now, the dummy rasped, grinning at Lindsay as it struggled to wiggle out of Chris's arm. You will do as I say now. Put me down. What do we do, Lindsay repeated. Take him upstairs. We'll cut his head off, Chris replied. Mr. Wood swung his head around. His eyes stretched open in, a, in an evil glare. Oh, Chris cried out in surprise as the dummy snapped his jaws over her arm, biting her. She pulled her arm away and without thinking, slapped the dummy's wooden head with the palm of her hand. The dummy giggled in response. Violent! Violence, he said in a mocking, scolding tone. Get those sharp scissors in your drawer, Chris instructed her sister. I'll carry him up to our room. Her arm throbbing where the dummy had bitten her. But she held onto him tightly and carried him up to the bedroom. Lindsay had already pulled the long metal scissors from the drawer. Her hands trembled as she opened the cl and closed the blades. Below the neck, Chris said, holding Mr. Wood tightly by the shoulders. He hissed ferociously at her. She dodged as he tried to kick her with both sneaker feet. Holding the scissors with two hands, Lindsay tried cutting the head off by the neck. The scissors didn't cut, so she tried a sawing motion. Mr. Wood giggled. <laughs> I told you you can't kill me. It isn't going to work, Lindsay cried, tears of frustration running down her cheeks. Now what? We'll put him in the closet. Then we could think, Chris replied. You have no need to think. 
You are my slaves, the dummy rasp. You will do whatever I ask. I will be in charge from now on. No way, Chris muttered, shaking her head. What if, what if we won't help you? Lindsay demanded. The dummy turned to her, casting her a hard, angry stare. Then I'll start hurting you, the ones you, I'll start hurting the ones you love, he said casually. Your parents, your friends, or maybe that disgusting dog that's always yapping at me. He tossed back his head and a dry, and a dry evil laugh escaped his wooden lips. <laughs> Lock him in the closet, Lizzie suggested, till we figure out how to get rid of him. You can't get rid of me, Mr. Wood insisted. Don't make me angry. I have powers. I'm warning you. I'm starting to get tired of your stupid attempts to harm me. The closet doesn't lock, remember, Chris? Cried, struggling to hold on to the wiggling dummy. Oh, wait. How about this? Lindsay hurried to the closet. She pulled out an old suitcase from the back. Perfect, Chris said. I'm warning you, Mr. Wood threatened. You are, you are becoming very tiresome. With a hard tug, he pulled himself free of Chris. She dove to tackle him, but he darted out from under her. She fell down, faced onto her bed. The dummy ran to the center of the room, then turned his eyes to the doorway, as if trying to decide where to go. You must do as I tell you, he said darkly, raising a wooden hand towards Lindsay. I will not run from you two. You are to be my slaves. No, Chris cried, pushing herself up. She and her sister both dove at the dummy. Lindsay grabbed his arms. Chris ducked to grab his ankles. Working together, they stuffed him into the open suitcase. You will regret this, he threatened, kicking his legs, struggling to hit them. You will pay dearly for this. Now someone will die, he continued screaming after Chris latched the suitcase and shoved it into the closet. She quickly closed the closet door, then leaned her back against it, sighing wearily. Now what? she asked Lindsay.